I've got something for you. What is up? It is Saturday night. You know what that means. We got the beers flowing. Tim King has dragged me out of the muck, the swamp of fantasy baseball. We are here to talk some fantasy football. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in because we got this is a special night tonight. It is a good special night. So let's jump right in. Let's bring in every other week. He's with us. You know him very well. He's all over the Bloodline Entertainment Network. He is the banger of podcasting. After banger. After banger. After banger. The one, the only, Tim King. How's it going, buddy? Yo! What is going on, my brother? Thank you so much for having me. That beautiful introduction. And I'm pumped to talk some fantasy football quarterback tight end tears, baby. I know. This is going to be fun. And we have a special guest. We're rolling out the red carpet for this one. A special guest tonight. Um, you probably know him on Twitter um, from the Dynasty Dorks. From the, he is the senior dynasty analyst at SGPN Fantasy. You, he shares a lot of trades. I love it. All of his dynasty price checks. He is all over the place. He was at the combine. We are going to talk about that. It is his first time on this show, though. And I had, so he's going to get the intro before he comes in. But I'm going to bring in the one, the only, Dave Heilman. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, how's it I love it. <laughs> love it. Love love the intro. Um, the the eagle had me cracking up. Yeah, I wish I could get reactions to that because um, you know Bradley. So he was on for I think we did running backs a few weeks ago. At this point, in his face too. Like every time the you, the first when the, nobody knows this, you're from Indy though, so they didn't have it down there. I guess it didn't reach all the way there. But that's the Eagle Man car insurance commercial from Chicago. So it was kind of, it was super popular here in like the nineties. Um, but people that are from other areas don't really know about it. So their first time seeing it, you always get a pretty good reaction out of it. So yeah, that's nice. Love it. Yeah. So Dave, the dynasty guy, um, you want to tell these people where you're from, what you do? Yeah. Uh, you can check me out, uh, at dynasty dorks on, on TikTok or Twitter. Um, so I, I'm a co-host with, uh, Brad, uh, FF bourbon dude over at SGPN fantasy. And so uh, we do a lot of content over there. So wherever you get your podcast, you can look, check us out over there as well as on our YouTube channel, SGPM Fantasy. And uh, we're doing a giveaway. I want to talk about that. So just uh, all you have to do is guess where Bijan's going to go. And if you're one of the guys that guessed the right team or one of the girls that guessed the right team, you get a free entry for a $40 gift card. They got some sweet hoodies and things like that giveaway. That is awesome. You should definitely all go do that. Check that out now. And definitely go follow him and all of the stuff that they do. They do good stuff. Him, Brad, also great guys, too, on top of it all. So that's always fun. So you got Appreciate to go that. to the Combine, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I live in Indy. How was it? Um, so uh, it was, you know, easy for me. And I was already going to go as a fan. Um, but, you know, we I was able to get the media credentials and be part of that. And it was my first time doing that. So it was, uh, you know, it was an awesome experience. 
Um, they, you know, it wasn't like, Hey, you know, you're not from a certain, you know, you're not from USA today. So you don't get the same kind of experience. Everybody got the same experience. And so, uh, representing the fantasy football community, I did not want to go and be an idiot up there. So, um, as much as I wanted to ask everybody, like, did your teammates go to your birthday party? Um, I did not do that with every player. Uh, but you know, I did get to talk to some players one-on-one and most of the information I asked was, uh, you know, like what teams have you been meeting with? Um, it gave it gave me as a dynasty manager information that I could give to other people about, you know, not only what teams did, you know, Devin A-Chain H- meet with, but I heard New England Patriots for a lot of running backs. I heard Houston Texans for a lot of running backs. I heard Miami Dolphins for a lot of running backs, New Orleans Saints. And then right after the combine, they signed Jamal Williams. And Eagles a lot, and so um, Bengals a lot, and so you get the common themes. Um, of course, you know Bijan Robinson is is on everybody's draft board. You know, is he available when they're picking? Maybe not. Maybe he is. But there was a lot of players, and you know, like then you know, being able to see how the media reacted to some players, like Luke Musgrave, is someone we'll you know maybe talk about today a little bit. Luke Musgrave is somebody that. Um, he had, it was like a rock star out there. I mean, he had a full podium of people and there's a lot of people that don't know a lot about him, but you would have thought it was Dalton Kincaid or Michael Mayer. I mean, he, he definitely was up there. Um, and then, you know, again, just being able to talk to players one-on-one, um, like it was just me, Stacey Dales and Zach Charbonnet. And I'm just like, (laughs) I'm like running out of questions, you know, but I'm like, like, this is, this is awesome. And then uh, I was telling the guys, telling you guys before the show, um, just being able to see them, you know, the combine being seeing it in person is always fun because you see the players out of pads and you see them side by side and you don't see them in their jerseys. So sometimes, you know, you're like, who's that guy? You know, like you're you don't have the the helmet scouting going like I don't care about this guy from, you know, Rutgers or whatever. You just look at the players and you're like that guy looks really good. I remember a couple of years ago seeing like Trey Hendrickson. I'm like, that guy looks really good. Well, he's really good. Um, last year I said that about Isaiah Pacheco. I, I, you know, I had a show with Angelo analysis and said, Hey man, like, I don't know what's about this kid, but like he had some swagger, some confidence, but he looked just as good as everybody else. It was like him and Brees Hall were two of the guys that were just like, kind of looking really, really uh, fast out there. And, uh, and Ken Walker, of course. Um, and then this year being able to walk around in a, like, walk around next to Will Levis and Anthony Richardson and, and, and Bryce young and like Will Levis and Anthony Richardson look like totally different dudes compared to Bryce young. Like Bryce young looks like a, you know, a soccer player. He looks like some of these smaller receivers. And then Anthony Richardson, I was standing next to him and I looked over to my right and uh, he's, his like elbow <laughs> was at my head. I'm not a big dude, um, That's- but he was, he was just huge. And then Darnell Washington, same thing. Like Darnell Washington, I walked out. Of, I think I put a post out. So my new player comp is Ben Wallace. Uh, <laughs> That's big. Well, he looked like such a big dude, and and I got to see all the tight ends walking together, and like I'm like who like that. He looks so much bigger than the other tight ends. Like he's had the afro picked out and everything too. But um, Washington's just big. He's a big dude. Dave, let me ask you, if you don't mind, I know we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about Bryce Young. You said he's, you know, on the shorter side. It's no spoiler. We this all know guy. that. I think it's the big question everybody 
is yeah. wondering about right, it. Right, right. <laughs> and the the mocks all have him going one now to Carolina. That's the big thing. Would you take him number one overall? Do you think he's going to live up to that hype, or would you take C.J. Stroud number one overall? Yeah, it's um, it's tough. I mean, me personally, um, you know, you go by the Bill Parcells model of just like you don't take outliers. You know, um, it's just it's not something you do, especially the first pick. But you know, from what they're saying, it, it it's a lot of stuff with Bryce Young. He's just that dude. You know, and, and, you know, like uh, just the work ethic, the intelligence, the way he plays the position, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be a, a good professional, a good locker room guy and a good um, you got to be able to play the position. Well, you know, there's a lot of great athletes out there. There's some people that throw the ball really well, but like the guys that get better are the ones that are like, you know, they're good in the locker room and all that. And, there's a lot of talk about how like he can just digest, uh, you know, football stuff so fast where they'll give him a, a game plan on Friday and Saturdays ready to put it in. And, you know, like there's those things where that's where he kind of sets himself apart from the other guys. And then you look at what he does. Um, like when you look at PFF grades or like how he does when the, when like the play breaks down, He's one of the better players in this draft. And the, the way the NFL is these days with how good the pass rushers are, like all of the top guys, they're the ones that are good when the play breaks down. Like make you make the coach right when everything goes wrong. And like you got someone like like CJ Stroud where like when things go right, he's he's awesome. And, and but when things don't go right, he's not as creative and not as dynamic of a of a guy. And then Will Levis, I mean, he just sometimes he just tries to he tries too much um, and he gets himself in trouble. And then you know, we haven't seen a lot of Anthony Richardson. I put a post up. People don't know. He only had 14 starts. He's barely completed as many passes as he's had rushed the ball. <laughs> it's like 350 That's... completions and 215, you know, rushing attempts. It's pretty wild. Yeah, that factor is probably going to show in my tears a little bit on that one. When we I hate to be a Bears fan, but that's very Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Where'd you have yeah. Mitch? You're the you're coming in as a dynasty guy. Um, I wasn't as I wouldn't say I, I wasn't as into dynasty at that time. Like I wasn't doing this kind of stuff. Like uh, I was into dynasty, but not as much like ranking and doing those kind of things. He pissed off an entire city, if you, if in case you wanted to know, because that was kind of what happened here. Tim and I were in a, in a chat that night when the draft went down, and uh, it was kind of like a, a what the f- just happened moment, dude. Like, everybody looking around at each other like, are you kidding me? Did that just go down right now? Well, it should have been so, Deshaun yeah. Watson or Jamal Adams. I mean, that was obvious, <laughs> but that's a topic for a whole yep. other day. And me as the Ohio State fan, when I'm looking at C.J. Stroud, when I'm looking at Bryce Young, I never understood the CJ Stroud hype. I still don't understand the CJ Stroud hype. So when I watch Bama, I see the intangibles. I don't care if he's five foot four. I see it when I look at Bryce. So I get why he has swung back to the top. So thank you for answering that for us. I appreciate it. And I can vouch for that. Two weeks into the season, it wasn't looking so good for the Bears, period. Justin Fields, the way the offense was ran. Tim was ready to just throw it, tear it down for a second and just say, let's go get Bryce. <laughs> Not Stroud. Yeah, it was I was. Bryce. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you got a guy that, that won the Heisman. Um, you know, you got, you got a guy that's, that's accomplished more things with Bryce Young um, and with, with Stroud, you know, uh, I also a Michigan fan and uh, you know, not being able to beat Michigan two years in a row is something that stains his resume. We're going to get along. We're pro- we'll probably, we'll probably get along very well then um, <laughs> because I'm also a Michigan, I'm also a Michigan fan. So yeah, that's awesome to know. He just made my night. We're like that, <laughs> that right there just made my night. Although my wife who is upstairs went to Ohio state. <laughs> that happens. That so that's happens. funny too. So, but yeah, woo! Now we're partying. See, now we're partying here. Anything? Who? So did you get? Did you get to actually like? Did you see Bijan? Yeah. Oh yeah, I got to see Bijan. Uh, I got a few pictures of me kind of trying to chase him down. Um, <laughs> I was, I was, uh, like I was at the podium with him, and he was leaving, and so I kind of followed him to his left and tried to, you know, tried to talk to him. But like he was get he was moving, so I got a couple pictures of like me kind of chasing him, and then um, he he walked up. He was actually doing a Facetime with the Texas Longhorn social media team. They were there, and Bijan was like right next to me, and my wife called, and so I did answer the phone for my wife. But I was like ah, and then I, I started walking towards Bijan, and then the handler was like kind of a stiff arm, like hey guys, he's got to go. And because uh, the way they got it set up is they have the like the radio row on one and one side of the room. Then they got a big curtain across. Then they got a few TVs, you know, TV places, NBC, NFL, couple, you know, TVs, you know. And so they're set up. And then on the other side of it, you got the podiums where the players are. And they, but they do. It's like speed dating. So you have like twenty minutes with a group of like nine players. And so. Immediately, like I was at the Bryce Young podium, I was there an hour early, and I was, you know, one of the first guys. And then Bryce Young got up there, and I quickly realized, like, there's a lot of good players I'm gonna miss. So I got like listened to a couple questions, and then I left, and I just went to everybody. And honestly, I didn't think I was gonna get a lot of questions in, and I got a lot. And like I said, the Charbonnet one, I was kind of like embarrassed because, like, I, I was, it was a little end of the day kind of thing. I was kind of, but I. I was like, man, everybody turned and left, and it was just me, Zach Charbonnet, and Stacey Dales, and I'm like, uh. So awesome. I started talking to him, you know, a little, little bit about Michigan, a little bit about playing in the Big Ten versus playing in the Pac-12, and a couple other things. But I was like, man, it just felt really uh, was odd being like almost one-on-one with with Charbonnet. I had the same same experience with Evans, Zach Evans. That's awesome. See, that's a, those are awesome stories. Yeah, man. Really cool. Did you get to talk to Stacy? Yeah, all? she's pretty. Yeah. She seems pretty nice. She's always yeah, on she the was, radio here, so she was super cool. Like I said, everybody kind of like they got their question in, and then they turned and left. And there was not that many. Like a lot of people kind of didn't show up for running backs and offensive linemen. So that was a good day for me. <laughs> and um, like all like the, the radio row people cleared out. So Thursday and Friday was heavy because of quarterbacks and receivers and all that. But Saturday was like ghost town. And um, as far as, uh, you know, as far as Stacy, like whenever everybody cleared out, she looked at me and I was just standing there by my, you know, and she's like, go ahead. This is your time. And I was like, all right, <laughs> like, you know, oh, that's so the cool. spot there. And so, uh, but yeah, she was super nice. And then um, 
you know, I didn't talk to her too much, but she was, she was out there, you know, talking with the other media and stuff. And then in the pre-show fist fight, you said you came across John Randall, huh? That was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was definitely a lot of, uh, you know, different, you know, NFL analysts and like different person, TV personalities. And uh, yeah, on that Saturday, there was nobody else in the building and John Randall was there and he just came up and started talking to us. And so um, just, you know, being able to, Chop it up with him was cool. You lived out many people's dreams at that point. Yeah, man. I can't wait to go next year. I really wanted to go to the draft, but I decided decided not to go. But it would have been a fun experience doing it like that, too. Maybe next year. Always next year. That's awesome. Thank God the draft is a week away. But I am so happy that we are here. We are at T minus seven days or five days at this point now. So, like, let's go. Thank you, Jesus. All of this. What are we going to do? What is this? Where's he going to go? Where's he going to fall? Bijan mania at this point is insane. Where did, let me get, we, I know we're going to talk quarterbacks and I get that. That was the whole thing. We, we did running backs before, but um, since we got you here, what are your thoughts on Bijan? Is he the next Walter Payton? Like Twitter <laughs> makes it seem. Yeah. I mean, Bijan is, is, he's one of the best prospects we've seen in a long time. Um, they were talking about him on uh, PFF and they said like, he's better than Saquon. Um, like he's more like Adrian Peterson. Um, Saquon had the big playability. Um, Bijan's he's a better pure runner. Um, you know, sometimes you see that with, with Saquon where some negative plays and sometimes not, not as patient um, as a runner. Um but obviously with the ball in his hands, he does a lot of great things and he probably has a little bit above Bijan on that. But, you know, I had a conversation today and and I put my rankings out there and someone was like, well, all this is going to change whenever um, teams get, you know, players get drafted. And, you know, I always coach people it's draft capital over landing spots and that you should have some type of rankings before the draft so you don't overreact to things because, you know, I put a, I put a, a, a thread out and said, I, I missed on Isaiah, you know, I missed on Isaiah Spiller last year. Who's a, a player you missed out on? And there was a very common theme in that thread of people overreacted to landing spots. And I saw it in my drafts. People took Traylon Burks over Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Some people took Sky Moore over Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. I'm like, Garrett Wilson was number 10 overall. And Sky Moore was picked 50. And Garrett Wilson was the clear-cut number one going into the draft. Sky Moore was barely in your top five, and you did that? Like, but I, I was in drafts and seeing it happen. Like, I I traded out from the three or the four spot in a few drafts because I knew I could get Garrett Wilson at seven or eight. And it was beautiful. And We've so like, Oh yeah. I've seen it myself. The sky, the sky more stuff went it, bananas a little you, bit. You see it every year. And so it's going to happen. And so the way that I, the way that I do it is, you know, I put my rankings out there and those will change, but I'm not going to move my wide receiver seven to wide receiver one because he goes to a nice landing spot. Yeah. If somebody, if, if my guy that I like goes to the Patriots, I'm probably, you know, my Zay flowers, my guy, but if he goes to the Patriots, like they say he's going to, I might have to uh, cry a little bit. Might might uh, drop him down my rankings a little bit. But 
you know, people thought AJ Brown was like done for when he went to Tennessee <laughs> and he went like second round in rookie drafts, you know, like do not overreact. The talent is always going to, going to supersede the, uh, the situation and the situation can change in most scenarios. Like I think the Patriots are kind of a trump card because Bill Belichick's there and he's just, but like a lot of these coaches and stuff, like they get fired within a year or two and you're like, Oh, the situation's changed completely. <laughs> like now I want this guy. Well, now you can't. That's what I was going to say. Does New England drafting Bijan and ruin Bijan then, though? Does that entire dynamic change at that point? Yeah. I mean, it, it is the Trump card. You know, Brad, Brad, I said this on the show and Brad was like, well, what happens if, and he threw like, you know, the perfect landing spot for, you know, Jalen Hyatt and they threw Zay Flowers on the Patriots. And, and, you know, I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, yes, like that is a very bad spot. And so I would, you know, want to, like if Jalen Hyatt went to the Chargers and, and Zay Flowers went there, I would definitely, you know, and he's like, well, would you tell, I was that I'd probably go running back. Like I'd probably like avoid the situation, but I definitely would probably have to move Zay Flowers down a little bit if he went to the Patriots and have to move Jalen Hyatt up a little bit if he went to the Chargers. So speaking of wide receiver, before we we'll get into quarterback in a sec here, but now we got you. So I just can pick your brain a little. So wide receiver, who is your number one wide receiver? Yeah. And so the way I do my rankings is typically based on like asset value. And so like, I, I do think there's an argument for, for Jordan Addison at the number one spot, but JSN is clearly the number one. And, and it's, it's really has to do with the fact of, you're not going to be able to get JSN at 106, 107, 108. You can get Jordan Addison there. So as far as value, JSN is the guy, and I don't think that's going to change. And the NFL seems to agree with the the dynasty community that he's you know probably going to go. Uh, I think his over and under is uh, like 13 and a half, 14 and a half. Like he's probably going to go in the top 15 picks. Um, and then Zay Flowers is actually the odds-on favorite to be the second receiver off the board, and his over and under is twenty-two and a half. So, um, wow! And, the, oh. and this oh. is a weird draft. Like this is a weird draft where you don't have a lot of blue chip players. They said there might be only fourteen or fifteen players with actual first round grades. So, the back half of the first round, you could see a lot of like Cole Strange kind of picks where like you're like that came out of nowhere. Um, and it could sense. happen with receivers because you think about it, receivers are very expensive. And so if you can get a receiver in the first round and have him for five years plus a franchise tag, you're saving a whole lot of money versus drafting a running back or a guard or a safety. And so you might see like Cedric Tillman or Jonathan Mingo or Josh Downs or some of these guys that are probably second, you know, second round picks go at the end of the first. Um, and PFF was talking about this to, to, you know, give a, give a little footnote there. Um, I thought it was, thought it was spot on. I think Cedric Tillman is a guy that there's a lot of small receivers. And so if you're shopping for a big receiver, you got like Quentin Johnston and then you got to go down to Cedric Tillman. And so Cedric Tillman is, you know, he's an outside receiver. Most of these receivers have not played outside. A lot of them moved into the slot. It's kind of a theme in college. 
And the problem with that is playing outside, you're playing against a different type of coverage. You know, you're not seeing a lot of people getting hands on guys in the slot. That's why they put them there. They move them around the formation. They put them in the slot. So you can't put your, like, that's what we saw with, you know, Odell Beckham or, um, you know, Antonio Brown, some of the smaller guys. And so um, they, they don't want the big corners to get their hands on them. And so if you've not played outside a lot, you've not faced a lot of, you know, press coverage a lot. So, you know, when I was at the combine and I asked the receivers, like, what are teams asking you to work on? A lot of the smaller guys, my release packages, those kind of things. Because, you know, you put Josh Downs on the outside or, you know, even, you know, even some of the, you know, like the Jordan Addison and, and uh, say Flowers, you get a big corner that could, you know, give them some trouble. That's fantastic. This is just, you. I, we could, I could sit here all night, to be honest. With you. <laughs> we don't even have to. Keep, we don't even have to do this. You just keep talking, and uh, that'd be perfect for me. It's great stuff. I'm not gonna lie. I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I said, you know, if you're if you want to be a good dynasty player, I, I really suggest listening to football podcasts, not only fantasy football podcasts. You know, learning about the game and learning little things it does help you and. Like I love move the sticks because it's a scouting perspective on things. And so I learn about players, uh, you know, but you also learn about, you know, the different aspects of the game in regards to, you know, whether, you know, like, like a simple thing, somebody made a joke about the 40 time and somebody said, who has the fastest thumb. And uh, Bucky Brooks was like, if anyone says that somebody has the fastest thumb, they've never been a scout or they shouldn't be clocking anybody's 40. And I didn't know that, you know, but they're like trigger finger. And so, but like those kind of things were, were like fun. But again, hearing some of the, uh, just some of the analytics, now the, the scouting perspective of things is, is just fun, especially as uh, you know, you're doing dynasty rookie rankings. It's awesome. It's great to hear this. And that's a, that's a good way to do it. And I'm glad you say to do it that way. People like Tim and I tend to maybe I've been burned, right? Like burned by Royce Freeman's and those types of guys before. So I tend to just like some of the trades I've seen you share are bananas, bananas. Like I would I would give up Bijan all day for Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. I can't believe people are going the Bijan route for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll give you here. Uh, Let me get Bijan for. Jamar Chase, it's crazy. Just so I, tend to, I know. So I tend to yeah, play I, it more I've, like uh, I've told everybody that you should probably sell Bijan before the draft. And the yeah. reason you do that is because I don't think the price can get any higher. And you know, some people disagree with me, and that's that's fine. But you know, I did a Bijan versus the world thread, and he is coming out as the wide receiver three in Dynasty. So he's above CeeDee Lamb and everybody else. Um, he is the RB1 by a long shot. He is the QB9 in Superflex. He barely was behind Lamar Jackson, or, or very, barely, yeah, barely behind Lamar Jackson, a little bit above Deshaun Watson. But um, I've seen people trade Trevor Lawrence for B. John Robinson straight up, and that is just ridiculous. Um, you know, in a super flex format, I've seen Kenneth Walker plus 103, uh, Garrett Wilson plus the 103. And so, um, 
like I get it. This guy's going to be really good. Um, it should be really good. And I, I, I think there's, you know, he's, he's the clear cut, like number one. And, you know, you could, everyone else probably want to trade back a little bit because the other guys are not, you know, not at his level, but I've told everybody 99% of teams should trade the one one because you can get so much for it. Yeah. Yes. I don't have, I wish I had one one this year. This is the one year I wish I had one one I have okay, one chair. I'm hesitant to, to move it because I haven't got a good enough offer yet. So I'm just going to wait till draft day and then just, you know, see what I can get. I did offer. I'm like, Hey, you give me one Oh three for Garrett Wilson. We'll do it right now. If not, I'm going to wait till draft day. And he was like, I'm going to wait till draft day. I'm like, all right, cool. He might um, bite by then. Yeah. Hopefully he <laughs> bites by then. And may, maybe I'll, you know, hopefully the, you know, he doesn't go to the Patriots and we all get screwed. Uh, yeah. That, that's be bad for, that's just bad for football fans. <laughs> it's just bad for a lot of, you're, there's multi facets to that bad on why that would be bad, but all right, we'll get into some quarterbacks now. Quarterback tiers. We've been rolling them out. We did right. We did running back. We did wide receiver. Now it's time for the big one, especially Superflex, the one everybody seems to love the quarterback position. So I don't know who Tim, I'll let you start. You've been kicking it off for us. You just went, took a break on this one, but I figured we'll just roll right in tears. You, you get, you let it go. Yeah, cool. So last time, the first time we did it, we did it with Brad. It was a ton of fun. Um, F a bourbon dude, your partner, go check him out. It was a blast doing it with him. I'm a wrestling guy, if you know me, at the Tim King Show. I'm on wrestling all day. I don't know why I didn't hear my tears the first time in wrestling. The second time, the wide receiver show, I did it wrestling style. I'll just do my first two tiers right now because it kind of lumps together-ish. But if you watch wrestling, there's always a top guy. There's a Hulk Hogan, a John Cena, a Roman Reigns, the top guy, the top dog. Last year... It was Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. It was back and forth. It was who do you draft? Right now, it is a clear-cut number one. It is easy. The top guy, it's Patrick Mahomes. You take Patrick Mahomes number one overall if you got it. And then, of course, super flex style, dynasty. And then I go to main eventers. Right below the top guy, they're there. They're main eventers. Hell, the one guy averaged more points per game than Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Hurts. You got Josh Allen. You got Joe Burrow. I still go Allen, Burrow, Hurts, I think, if I got to rank them. But that's my next tier of main eventers. So Mahomes, top guy, main eventers, Hurts, Allen, Burrow. Dave, it. It. And you got the, the great wrestling podcast voice. So, <laughs> um, Oh, wrestling is his, like, his first love. Well, really I, I, I encouraged our league that I'm in with him to to become a wrestling theme, and everybody jumped on it. So my team is the Savages, um, and uh, we have a blast in there. So as far as, uh, you know, quarterbacks, I, I do want to say this. You know, if you want to do like a simple tiers, if you're doing, you're doing your draft setup, like one thing that I like to do is just here's my QB1s, here's my QB2s, and so you, when you're going through your draft, you're like, all right, I want to get, you know, a guy that's going to be a QB one. And there's not necessarily 12 guys that you really feel comfortable as your QB one. So make sure you get one of those guys. So if you draw the line, you know, at number eight or nine, make sure you get one of those guys when you do your draft. But 
it does help me because, you know, when you look at your team, you want to at least have one QB one, one wide receiver one, you know, one running back one, um, you know, and maybe a top six tight end when you do your roster construction. So main eventers will go, uh, you know, Ric Flair here, Patrick Mahomes. And, and I think there's a tier where there's really a bunch of guys uh, and I have Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts in the next tier. I think those guys are all super close to Mahomes and all super close together. Um, they, you know, Allen and, and Hurts get it done on the ground and through the air. Um, I kind of ate some words with Jalen Hurts last year. He was on pace at the time for like one passing touchdown a game. And I was like, you still need to get passing volume. You can't just run the ball. He threw four touchdowns that week. And and it pretty much three touchdowns every week since. And Hurts uh, is now my number four um, quarterback. Then you have uh, Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. Got them in their own tier. And the next tier is Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields. And so that's my – I have Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Hurts, Herbert, Lawrence, Jackson, Fields at eight. And then Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott. And then I got Daniel Jones at my number 12 spot. Nice. And, and yeah. I think you after you get past that like 10, there's so many guys that you like you can look at 12 different rankings and see like 12 different orders of like quarterback 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 and now you get to the rookies in there. Yes. And so this tough. is you so you, I'm glad you, you I'm glad you did it the way you did it. And the reason why because we've done Running back and wide receiver, and I'll have some goofy name for the tiers. I always do. It's just part of a stick that I kind of have. But since it's super flex, right, it's hard to tier them in a sense and break them apart when I would, I'm going to start any startup with six or seven of them in a row, right? So it's like, yeah. so kind of I tried to come up with goofy stuff for the tiers again, but I was like, well, I'd still take all these guys in the first six or seven picks to start that, to kick that off. So, yeah, so this one, I'm kind of with you on that. The tiers are longer for me to kick it off a little bit. Although I did, just for purposes of this alone, I did uh, break off. I actually, Mahomes is that guy. I agree with yeah. you guys on that one, except I actually have two in that one. And I named that one the Brady Manning tier, and that was Mahomes and Burrow for me. And those are my one and two. Just because I it's... Allen is third, and it's no disrespect to Josh Allen, but it's you could it's not a stat thing for me anymore. It's like Joe Burrow has that him in him a little bit when you watch it. And it's a little bit like I see for the next decade, Mahomes versus Burrow in an AFC chain. And I wouldn't be surprised if I saw those two battling off in that in that type of thing. So fantasy aspect aside, I just have them there. And then Allen comes in third. And then yeah, Jalen Hurts for me is four. But go coming in, I what, he couldn't throw the football. We heard what was that a year and a half ago, or something like that. Couldn't throw the football. Couldn't do this. Blah 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 blah. We heard all of the negative stuff. Sixty-six percent completion percentage a year ago. Seven point three one adjusted yards. Fourth and ins. Like all of the metrics just took a huge jump for Jalen Hurts this past year. So without obviously with the rushing attached to all this, easily clear cut for my floor on this one. My five though is. Justin Herbert, because uh, I do think the rib cartilage injury 
derailed last year a little bit for him because it was early, never kind of rebounded from it. And then we saw Keenan Allen and Williams, who he has back again. I wish that they do need to draft a wide receiver. So I'm hoping that you tell me, Dave, that they are going to draft a wide receiver in the first round here and get a good one. Um, but they do have to get one of those. But Kellen Moore is there now, and he was still eighth in expected fantasy points per game last year. So I kind of bring Herbert there. And then obviously Trevor Lawrence comes in who I do, he does need to take the next step there. Uh, but I see it happening. Good setup for him. And then I have Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields round that up for me. I do like the uh, the Todd Monken hire. Um, this is assuming Lamar Jackson goes back to Baltimore, which I'm guessing all signs are kind of pointing that way now uh, for some $200 million deal. So, yeah, take that. And then Justin Fields, yeah. Nothing I can bring up is going to look pretty for Justin Fields stat-wise, but we're just going to – the rushing upside is there. DJ Moore is there, growth as a passer. So, yeah, that's kind of where – that's where I'd cut yeah, that you, off. Right you got to hope that he has that, you know, Josh Allen or, or Jalen Hurts kind of trajectory. And trading for a big-name receiver was very helpful in both those situations. I will say this. The Bears have to fix the offensive line. So I know that – Josh Allen got Stefan Diggs. They also got Mitch Morse that year, a center that solidified things that could, you know, one of one of the things you, you look at for these rookies, a lot of these rookies, they've not had to do anything in college. They look over to the sideline. You got one guy going like this and the other guy is holding up, you know, a Taco Bell sign. And then he's like, all right, guys, here's the play. And you don't do that in the NFL. And so you also like if you got a, a, a quarterback that's having to call out blocking and this and that, you need a center that can handle all that shit for you. And so like Mitch Morris took that and was able to do that. And you got Philly, they got Kelsey. He handles all the blocking assignments. Jalen Hurts hasn't worried about anything with the offensive line. And his offensive line is probably the best in the league. Bears probably worse in the league. And so like you know, Brad so- and I go back and forth about Bijan. He's like, yeah, the Bears could draft Bijan. He he's no. more of a like top ten running back kind no, of a guy. Please, like, no, no, you, this, no, no, this, no. I think no. the city they would erupt in anger. No. <laughs> they, they, the, no. the Bears got to address the offensive line. I think the Bears could be in a situation to trade back again if they, they might. get a scooter. I I do um, agree with. I, I think they will probably they could trade back again. This comment is fucking lunacy. Oh, first time I swore I tried online not to. This comment <laughs> is lunacy, and you figure what brings it out of me. Oh, you throw the ball at a center's head. You don't watch the games. You can't. The box score doesn't tell you that. That does not. He was happen, box dude. scoring. That's all he did last year. Yeah, <laughs> bo- yeah. How many times in the game box score did you read? He threw the ball at the center's head because that doesn't happen. Okay. Yeah, I'm, yes, I'm not. I, I agree with Dave wholeheartedly that we do need to fix the line. Moving Cody Whitehair to the center position, we just brought in the guy from Tennessee, I think, what was his name, Webster, gave him $10 million a year to play right guard. Tevin Jenkins going to left guard. I do think we need a right tackle for sure. We This city would blow up if we drafted Bijan, dude. We would light it on it might, fire. It might be like the one time, if Bijan is there, like if this was in Chicago, Bijan could be the most hype running back prospect ever, and he might have gotten booed off the stage if they draft a running back yeah. with that. We'll pick. talk about that um, soon. <laughs> but we don't need I to go. Yeah, we're now we're yeah. Gonna, you, now yeah. you're just going to hear us vent to you is what's going to happen. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll keep going with my tears. We'll move. We'll move on from the Bears because we can keep going. 
But I did want to ask him though, because real quick, because he I'm was joking. there. He was at the combine and he got to see the lineman though. So I was going to say, who would he? Yeah, and, so and we'll talk about Paris, Geno right? Smith here here soon. And Geno yeah. Smith is a guy that um, Brad and I always go back on because he love he loves to pick on Geno Smith, and so um, he and Khalil Herbert, which we'll talk. You know, we can talk about that after. But he likes to pick on those guys as like easily replaceable, and so um, okay. yeah, he knows it gets under my skin a little bit. So what I. <laughs> I'll do right now. I will roll my tears all the way there for you because you're kind of there and where Gino's going to end up for me is going to be probably where you're going to talk. So I'll just roll from four probably to right there really quick. Bakley, thank you so much for being in the chat, dude. I appreciate the questions. I was just giving you a hard time, dude. Um, so I'll go. These guys are kind of lumped in together with me. If I had to rank them, I'd probably go – Herbert Fields because I'm a homer, T. Law Lamar. But last year, only six quarterbacks averaged 20 plus points per game. That was Lamar Jackson. So I got upper mid Carters. I got future main eventers. They're in one tier to me. Justin Herbert, you got Kellen Moore coming there. His receivers were hurt all year last year. They might add another one. Love Justin Herbert and a big bounce back, bounce back. He was, I think, 11th quarterback last year. But I, I expect Herbert to have a top five year this year. Lamar Jackson, again, averaged 20-plus points per game, even with what, nothing around him. So I like Lamar Lamar there. Obviously, I'm a Justin Fields homer he was still and Trevor Lawrence. Fans, by the way, Lamar. So Yeah, yeah, there, yeah well, there you go. So those four guys are kind of lumped together. If I had to rank them again, I'd go Herbert, Fields, T-Law, Lamar. And then I got my mid-carters. I got Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, and I still got Kirk Cousins there. He's my 12th quarterback. 13th quarterback, Danny Dimes. Tua. If Tua could just stay healthy, my God, he would be something special. But I, I really fear for his head. Danny Dimes last year, 700 yards on the ground, seven touchdowns. Can he repeat that? I don't know, but I love Brian Dable. If you listen to me, I begged and pleaded and begged and pleaded for Brian Dable to come to Chicago. He went to New York, brought him to the playoffs, helped Danny Dimes Big time, 700 yards rushing, seven touchdowns on the ground. And again, with Kirk Cousins, 643 pass attempts last year. You got JJ, you got Hawk, you got KJ Osborne there. Cousins, Dimes, Tua, I know I said like 11 for or 12 for Kirk. I kind of lump Cousins, Dimes, and Tua together. And then Geno Smith, he was healthy last year. He played every game, 30 touchdowns, 11 picks. He got the bag. 18 and a half points per game last year. But does he repeat that? And Dave, I was going to ask you that. I'm glad Bakley brought that up. Can Geno Smith repeat that? That's a huge year. Can he stay healthy? 30 touchdowns, 11 picks. So that's kind of where I tier all of those guys. Yeah, and Geno is definitely one that, like I said, Brad and I go back and forth on. Um, and he he loves the, the Seahawks for you know any of these quarterbacks. Um, yeah, yeah, two was on pace for a top five, and um, you know, he's got two of the two top 10 dynasty receivers, um, two top 10 receivers, you know, so it's it's tough. Um, yeah, so I do have two at 13, and then I added in the rookies, um, and this is where I have the rookies starting to come in Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and I have Trey Lance and Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and that's 14, 15. 16, 17, 18. And so I put them there in my rankings and, and I'll put it this way. If I were to say Kirk Cousins or the 103, 
in Dynasty? Would either of you take that? 103 all day. Yeah. I, well, I guess it depends if I'm trying to win right now. You know me. I'm a win now kind of a guy. <laughs> so I'm probably going to keep Kirk Cousins if I'm trying to win right now. And my team structure, if you know me, is probably set up to win right now. So probably Kirk Cousins. But I know the right answer. The correct answer is pick 103. Yeah, and so, like, Brad and I see this a lot when we do, like, startups. And if you put the picks in the startup, the picks will get drafted higher than if you put the actual rookies. And so if I were to put the 102 out there, 103 out there, it might be a third, fourth round pick. Put Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud out there, Anthony Richardson out there, might be a sixth or seventh round pick. And it, it deflates the value of the pick because you scratched off the ticket, you know what's behind door number two, and it's not as exciting. And it's it's I do it in my polls. You can see the polls where people, 67% of people want 102. 13% of people want Bryce Young. I'm like, it's the same thing. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but like, you know, that's, that's how it is. And so, but like the reason I rank those guys where I rank them is because of the value. You most people like you're not gonna. If I were to say, you know, I had you had the 103 and I threw Kirk Cousins at you, most likely you're gonna say, No, I'm good. But when you put the names to it and I say, Hey, do you want you know CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson or Kirk Cousins? You're like, I want to win this year, then you know it changes the game. Um, so again, that's that's my next tier. So these are my you know, my QB twos really kind of start with Danny Dimes at 12. So Danny Dimes, Tua, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Trey Lance, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, Kirk Cousins, Jordan Love, mm. Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, Derek Carr, Geno Smith to end up my 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 twos. I dig that. So you have 11. So you're pretty similar. So you have 11 guys because you said your twos pretty much start with Danny Dimes. You consider 12, just like I put Cousins at 12. Yeah. But, I can, but I had to go back and say, hey, He's really a two when I look at it. 11 guys up and then 12 down, right? Yeah, so I have 13 guys. So 12 all the way down to 24. All guys that are, are twos. I would not want to start Daniel, Danny Dimes, my number one. I'm a Giants fan, um, but I'm realistic. And so, like, we still got a lot of ways to go in the passing. You still, like I said with Hertz earlier, Hertz was great at rushing the football. Fields was great at rushing the football. But as much rushing as Jalen Hurts did two years ago, he had a thousand yards rushing, ten touchdowns. He's QB eight. He threw sixteen touchdowns last year. By like week four, when I was taught, you know, have had the guys on the show, and I said I can't move him into my top five dynasty rankings until he starts to throw touchdowns. Like you have to have volume, and then he he went off. But at that at that time, you know, he had you know two averaging two hundred yards passing and one touchdown a game. You still have to, especially in your six-point passing touchdown leagues, you still got to pass the ball to be a premier guy. You can't just run it. And then, like I said, Jalen Hurts went off, and now Jalen Hurts does that. Um, and then back to Justin Herbert, you know, you mentioned it earlier. I agree. Injury, he didn't run the ball at all. That was one of the reasons he was such a, a fantasy star two years ago was he actually ran the ball a lot. And so I think he'll run the ball more this year, not like Jalen Hurts, but he'll run the ball more now that he's not hurt. 250, 300 yard tops again, maybe. That's I could see that for sure. Yeah, that rib cartilage to me it's definitely off, just derailed that whole season, I think, for him. Yeah, shoulder injury, rib cartilage. Yep. 
So, my I'll chat. I'll catch up then because we're gonna be close because I actually bunch these kind of close together. But I do have so my fourth tier um, is Kyler Murray at well, if I did it ranking wise, Kyler Murray I have at nine, Deshaun Watson ten, Dak Prescott eleven. I tiered them off on their own, and I kind of have them as like the they're just the the last of the the ones for me, yeah. current ones. So, um. could be I'm not I could come up with reasons that I hate all of them and I can give you some reasons why I like all of them so they kind of get bunched up on that one and then yeah so then we hit the twos for me the QB twos and I do have uh Kirk Cousins as ranked 12 for me also on that one little Kirk love here Tim between you and I a little but then Tua uh Gino Russ and Daniel Danny Dimes then round up that one. So I have a tier of the guys that I know are going to be just QB twos for me. That's kind of what they are. And then my next tier kind of starts almost similar to what he did. So uh, I have Trey Lance, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Will Levi, and Kenny Pickett on the next tier there. And I kind of group them all together on that one because when I get to that point, I'd rather either I'd probably I'd want to go with the upside play at quarterback there. So then that gets me to 22. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, I, I dig it. Like I said, I have Cousins and Dimes to uh, Geno Smith and Russ. I should have said Russ. I think Russ is going to have a big bounce back year. He'll definitely be. He was a quarterback two last year. He was quarterback 16. It was such a bad year. He was still quarterback 16. Love Russ back. Love Russ for a bounce back year. I love Jared Goff. I like Jared Goff as a quarterback too. And I like what Derek Carr is going to do in New Orleans. So I will leave him there as well. And then I have what's called, again, if you're going to keep it wrestling, it's developmental. I'm going to call it NXT, okay? It's the exact same thing that Dave did, the same thing that Streets did, the exact same tier, okay? The developmental tier. You got CJ Stroud, you got Bryce Young, you got Trey Lance, you got Anthony Richardson, you got Will Levis, you got Kenny Pickett. I even put Sam Howell in there as well because I think Sam Howell played one game last year. He had 19 points. If he's going to be the starting quarterback in Washington, you got pieces there, man. You got... Scary Terry, you got Jahan Dotson there. He's going to have pieces, people to throw the ball to. They might draft another wide receiver. So if Sam Howell's going to be the guy there, he might be a quarterback too. So I'll put him in NXT. I'll see what he can do. Lower, lower NXT, because I wouldn't take these guys before I take my good locker room guys. You know what? Screw it. I'll just go ahead and go into my good locker room guys. I think Dave's going to continue. I got... Good locker room, guys. They're chilling and catering. They're giving advice to the young kids. I got Matthew Stafford. I do think he's going to have a bounce back year. Jimmy G in Oakland. Ryan Tannehill. Mac Jones should be a jobber. He should be a jobber. 12.9 points a game in your second year. Come on. He should be a jobber. But we're going to Juju. We're going to Mike Secchi. I'm going to give him a chance in his third year as a quarterback to prove he's a good locker room guy. So I think that takes me around 28-30-ish. Yeah, the, the Bill O'Brien hire should be good for Mac Jones. Um, and they, they've they been linked to a lot of receivers, which you know means they probably take a safety. Um, we don't know if Bill Belichick, <laughs> but, um, you know, they, they really suck at drafting um receivers so maybe it's good for all receivers if they just stay away um you know but you know my my next guys and like i said i i I really put some bigger tiers together 
Um, you can break those tiers up, but I, I'm I'm comfortable with a lot of those guys as my QB two. Um, the rookies, obviously, if you're drafting one of these guys, you have measured QB two. You're gonna want to get one of these bridge quarterbacks to to be the next. And so, um, the question in the chat: I have Derek Carr at 23, and so I have him right above Geno Smith. Um, Geno Smith is younger than people think. He's actually two years younger than Russell Wilson. Um, and he's 32, 32. Yeah. I think he's 30, maybe 33. He was 32 last year. I think 33 or about to turn 33. Um, and Russell Wilson is 30, you know, 34 going 35. And, uh, you know, the next, the next group I got are those bridge guys. And so I don't necessarily see Geno Smith as a bridge guy. Um, I know he's a little, little older, but he's not, you know, not at that point. Aaron Rodgers. Then you got Matthew Stafford, Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, I, I do have Mac Jones in this tier. Uh, I could move him up a little bit, but Mac Jones is just a guy that, honestly, I'm not that excited about. There's a little bit of rumors. You know, there's some locker room stuff going on with him. Bailey Zappi. Um I do want to give him, you know, hey, Matt Patricia was calling plays last year, like throw out last year. Um, but I still need to see some more before I, I invest much in in Mac Jones. Um, but I do agree with Matthew Stafford being a bounce back candidate. Uh, I had Eric Mooney on the show and we talked about it. He talked about Russell Wilson being a backup, backup, you know, buy back in candidate. And I talked about Matthew Stafford being a potential bounce back guy this year. He had a bad year last year and then he got hurt. Um, but he's still going to be playing football. It's going to be a bad team. He's playing from behind a lot. And so I'm going to, I'm going to take Matthew Stafford here as my, my QB three to help develop one of my younger, you know, younger uh, QB twos. Yeah, that brings, so we get to Tim's, this is, you'll laugh because it's my favorite tier of the day. It's always my favorite one to announce when we get this and we're going to be very similar then because my seventh tier is the good old. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. <laughs> so, it is that bridge tier for me. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. So that's going to be Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, Derek Carr, and Aaron Rodgers for me. I'm going to lump them together at this point. The baby shit part might not be just from play. It could be from you might miss half the season to I'm going to go do peyote in the desert and retire and leave your team hang for the next for next year and you won't have a quarterback anymore. So it could it could vary from there, but uh, those are going to be the bridge guys. So I agree on that one. So I have them 23 through 26 on that one. Jimmy G and Mac Jones are going to be a little bit further down, and I'm probably just pricing them to a point where I won't have them ever on my team, and that's kind of where they're going to sit. <laughs> I don't want. To, I'm not going to deal with it, and I'm not just not going to go down the road with them. Well, and we talked earlier about you know football podcast and knowing a little bit of the game in Dynasty. You know, you're always forecasting. No one gets it 100 percent right. No, but it is important to know things like contracts. And so like everyone sees this contract and they say, wow, like $51 million, $250 million. Like Jalen hurts. This isn't basketball. It's not fully guaranteed money. There's a lot of stuff going on in there. Jimmy Garoppolo essentially got a one year deal with a 
team option for next year. March 17th next year, they could move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. So the Raiders, they're setting it up for them to have the opportunity to draft a quarterback. They're not out of the market. They could easily go Will Levis, Anthony Richardson next year, move on from Jimmy Garoppolo next March, and that's their guy. Or they could just roll out with with Jimmy Garoppolo and, and they have the option next year to do it again, where they could, you know, keep him for another year, draft a quarterback, and, you know, it gives them the ability to do those things. I know a lot of people, you know, make fun of them for paying him similar money to Derek Carr. It's not. It's not similar. And they they got out of his contract. They, you know, they got they can get out of his contract. This is like no dead money. And uh, they can not pay him that $24 million. Boom, March 17th next year. He's a stopgap. He was a great oh, fit. Yeah. He was the best possible option for them. I, yeah, right. The people who were hating, I don't get it. I thought that was a great signing. And then at seven, if you want to take a quarterback, take a quarterback. If you think you're going to suck again, which they're not, if they suck again, Josh McDaniels likely won't be there. So he's going to do everything he can to win now, which is why it wasn't a bad signing. I digress. I don't have very many guys to go. I forgot to, to put Aaron Rodgers in my previous tier. The fact that he only averaged 14.8 points a game last year blew my mind. I thought he averaged more. If he goes to New York, has Garrett Wilson. I mean, he might be a little bit higher, but he's in that mid QB2 under Russ-ish area for me. Other than that, I have the jobbers, and no one really cares about the jobbers. But in Dynasty, sometimes you need to put them on your bench. You got Baker Mayfield competing for that Tampa Bay job. You got Taylor Heineke competing for that Atlanta job. Jameis Winston down there in New Orleans. Sam Darnola in San Francisco now. Who knows what's going on in San Francisco? Trey Lance is injury susceptible. Who knows what's going on with Brock Purdy? Carson Wentz, Davis Mills, Jacoby Brissett, and that's the last I'll rank. I'll leave it at that. The jobbers. Do you have Purdy in your jobbers? Yeah, because he's a seventh. Yeah, it's the Shanny system, man. I get it. I, I'm just making. I'm just everything's about that. Every successful quarterback with him, I will put to Kyle Shanahan, and that's it. That's so fair. Yeah, I will the, put Brock Purdy well, in NXT, but I don't think that he's ever going to get that job again. So that's just my point. Well, and and Brock Purdy is, you know, even if he does get the job, like he's very Jimmy Garoppolo esque. 200 yards, two touchdowns, no rushing, copy-paste, copy-paste, you know, for the the rest of the season, which is, like, that is a solid, you know, back-end QB2, but he's also, like, he's also not going to be someone that's going to win you, so he's a perfect combination with one of those high-ceiling guys. Um, But, yeah, I I have my wild cards, um, and this is the tier, the wild card tier, and this is, you, you have Brock Purdy, which Brock Purdy right now is still kind of a buy. I did the price check threads. He's 208. If you got Trey Lance, just go and get Brock Purdy for 208. Get your insurance. Figure it out. If you have Brock Purdy, it's hard to do the opposite because Trey Lance still costs a lot of money. He's 107, 108 in these price checks. Even the news recently that Brock Purdy's projected to be the starter, he's holding water at 107, 108. And they're thinking, okay, well, if Brock Purdy's going to be the starter, they're going to trade him to Minnesota. They're going to trade him to Houston. They're going to trade him to Tennessee. You know, there's connections. Houston, the connection with the coaching staff and the you know the head coach, the offensive coordinator, 
And you got um, the Ron Carthon or Carthon went to Tennessee, the assistant GM from San Francisco. He went to Tennessee and Tennessee is in the market for a quarterback. They, the two teams that have been making the most noise to trade up have been Las Vegas and Tennessee, and they could potentially move up if quarterback slides, you know, let's say CJ Stroud happens to slide, um, you know, right now, Houston, their best odds are to draft a defensive player. Yeah. And as far as Vegas, Vegas is really buying the rumors that they're going to pass. And if they pass, then the Cardinals are definitely going to get a bunch of phone calls for number three. And you could see, you know, Stroud go to the number three spot and, and somebody pick him up if Houston wants to uh, tank for Caleb Williams and just go defense in the first round. Um, but my my guys there are, um, you know, you got Desmond Ritter. You know, it's a big wild card with him. If Desmond Ritter is the starter there all next year, could be decent for fantasy. I mean, he's going to rush the ball. He's got some decent weapons over there. Could be nice. They draft a quarterback at number eight, or they get Hen and Hooker at the end of the first round, back of a you know early second. Could be out. So you know, I have Ritter on a couple teams. I you know I would look to move on just because I don't want to deal with it. But if I don't get a good offer, I'm going to hold because you could see bang for the buck. I don't. I'm not worried about Taylor Heineke. I don't think he's going to be the starter there. And I, I think it's uh, be bad business as far as a developmental standpoint to start Heineke. Either just like tank and go for a new quarterback or play Ritter and see what you got. But like playing Heineke for me doesn't do anything. You know, that just like, what do you do? Go six and nine and then you're back. Like, no. Like just, NFL hell, baby. NFL hell. NFL. Ryan Pace esque. Oh, yeah. And, and so, and I have Hennon Hooker in this category as well because I am a big Hennon Hooker fan. If he ends up in the third round, he's out. <laughs> he's out, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think Kenan Hooker is a late first round pick and I, I think he's going to go in late first round. I think he could steal a job from one of my wild cards, whether it's Sam Howell, whether it's Desmond Ritter or, you know, he, you know, somebody trades up like let's see Tennessee or the Raiders don't take a quarterback early. They trade up to the back of the first round. They could. So I, I, I think, you know, he, he could end up being one of the guys, um, you know, and for me, he's got the rushing ability on top of the passing. And uh, I, I know he's an older prospect, um, but I'm, I'm still a big fan. Yo, Streets, really quick before you go. Earlier when I said I got my deep NXT and they're really close to my good locker room guys, these were guys who I think about taking – Hendon Hooker, Malik Willis, and Desmond Ritter did not want to disclude them from my list. Thank you, Dave. Um, I just bypassed and forgot to mention them. So those guys are definitely there with my good locker room guys. So I'm with you, man. Yes. I have, and then I'll finish mine up here. So I do have T, I do have tier eight, is what we're gonna get into now. And this is like the last of this is the I waited a long time, but I still kind I kind of want a little upside in who I take. So that's going to be Sam Howell, Brock Purdy and Jordan love for me. So I kind of group them together. And then, then I have my tier nine are the, are the guys that I've priced to a point where I hope I'm not, I'm not going to have any shares of them. And that's Jimmy G Mac Jones, Ryan Tannehill. And then I have Ritter and Hendon hooker to round it up. I I'm, I'm glad you sold me on hooker a little bit. So I'm glad 
on that one. You kind of I might have to bump him up a little bit, Ed. <laughs> yeah, I, I worry because you said it exactly how what I fear the most, and it was I'm glad that you said that because if it is if he does make it to the end of the first, yeah, then he then he will move up for me. But like if like you said, if it's some third, if he falls to like the third round, yeah, I'm he's gonna sit there, and that's kind of where he's going. Yeah, and, and you know we, we don't know. We, we you know some people thought Malik, Malik Bull is going to be a first round pick last year. We don't know. Um, Desmond Ritter potential first round pick last year didn't happen. And there's not a lot of second round quarterbacks. Usually, if you don't make it to the first, people just wait and they get you in the third, fourth round. But uh, I just I think Hunter Hooker is special. And, and with Move This Sticks and a lot of the people that are you know well connected, um, Peter Schrager and all that, they are projecting him to be a first round pick which makes me feel a lot better about saying he was going to be a first round pick in January when we did our rookie profiles. Look at this is like insider information. People, Dave, you are fantastic. I have no problem. Go back, go back and watch that Alabama game and I'll tell you everything <laughs> you need to know about his arm. Yeah, this, this guy, um, you know, John Lobb from, you know, gridiron skull on, uh, you know, he does a rookie big board. He, you know, he shared with me his, his, uh, his model and, he has a, a model that, you know, he's got six categories and he, he grades everybody on all six categories. And there's only one quarterback that checked the box on all six. And that was Hennon Hooker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's someone that you're looking at winning games, won a lot of games, you know, not just started a lot of games, won a lot of games. You're looking at passing, per, you know, passing uh, production, check. You're looking at rushing production, check. Passing, passing efficiency check. He was number. He was uh, rated third by PFF as far as turnover worthy plays. He protects the football. Um, and like I said, for for fantasy purposes, he's a dual threat guy. And not a lot of people are talking about the fact that you know he's he can rush. Yeah, yeah, dude, absolutely. Even coming off the injury, you you have no issues with the rushing. You think it's fine. Now, I, I mean, I don't think he's going to play, you know, not, not he's not going to play year one, but I don't think he's going to play early. And I think that, like, you could say the same thing for all of the other guys. So it's like you're you're going to, like, bury him because he, he's not going to play early. And then Will Levis and Anthony Richardson could potentially sit for a year because they need to develop. And I'll tell you right now, and, and they move the six, and, and it was Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. They said, all right, Bucky. Your kids are, you know, your kids are on the line. They're held hostage. You got to win this football game. Who's going to be your quarterback, Will Levis or Hennon Hooker? And he was like, that's not even a question. Hennon Hooker, Hennon Hooker. Like he is right right now, Hennon Hooker is a better quarterback than Will Levis and Anthony Richardson right now today. Okay. Is he a finished product at 25 years old with all the experience he has? That could be the question, whether it's, you know, doesn't have the ceiling and that could be it. That always with scares the shit out of me. With That's... Anthony Richardson, only 14 starts. There's a whole lot of room to grow, but it's all projection because you haven't seen it. This guy's literally, he's thrown like 120 passes over 10 yards. You know? They look horrible, too, and they, if you go back and watch the film. They look off. Tapes. I'm not a big tape guy or high on his tape, I'm saying, right. for Anthony Richardson. so No, it's awful. His tape is awful <laughs> other than the, the combine. It looks awful. Hendon Hooker. Seattle second round perfect fit right yeah it, it would uh it would and uh you know I, I think he could sit you know sit a year year or two 
behind Geno Smith. I think the Lions would be a great spot for him. But I, I think, you know, if you put him there in Tampa, I think he takes Baker's job. I think you you put him there in Atlanta or Washington, I think he takes those guys' jobs. Um, you put him in Tennessee, let, let Ryan Tannehill walk off in the sunset next year. And, and Tennessee, Tennessee, like that would be like marketing dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it, dude. That's awesome. And I don't believe I, like sorry, I, like with Trey Lance, there's there's a like I can see where there's still room for hope because he hasn't had the opportunity. Malik Willis, I'm out. I'm out. Like he the fact that Josh Dobbs had like eight days and they still started him in a playoff game, like a playoff like opportunity game, I'm like, yeah, Malik Willis is not that dude. Awful. Nope. Thirty nine is where I have Malik Willis. Yeah, so I'm not yeah. No thanks. I threw him in my deep developmental. That's where he's at. He's in deep developmental. Deep developmental. And Jordan Love. I can't believe I forgot Jordan Love. I would I have Jordan Love in a special category called F the Packers. No, I'm just kidding. I think that kid's uber talented and I'm scared because I don't want a third rendition of what we've had over the last 30 years of our life, dude. I think he's gonna be a he's gonna be a good kid and he's gonna be real good. That's a group 29 for me. I think I'm going to the bear fan in me. Just, I don't, I don't want to root for anyone to fail. That's just not right. And I, that's not what I'm doing, but if he's not good, I'm not going to be overly upset about it. <laughs> that's how I'll say it. Right. It's only fair that the Packers suck for the next 20 years. That's the only fair thing that could happen in the football world. We deserve to have the best quarterback in the division. At least yeah, second, they, or third, or fourth. The uh, the Packers fans have been um they've been spoiled, um very very spoiled. spoiled. Holy moly! You go from one Hall of Famer from, to the the arguably even better quarterback and future Hall of Famer. So yeah, Honkers. yeah Jordan Love. Jordan Love could easily be in the wild cards. I mean, he's there's still a lot to figure out with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Absolutely. All right. So, Dave, I know you got to get going here shortly. Um, do you want to run down a quick your quick tier of tight ends before you yeah. get out of here? Yeah, and I don't got to I don't got to leave right now, but uh, I definitely uh, want to go through tight ends. So, Kyle yeah. Pitts is still my number one dynasty tight end, and and he's difficult because. When the rubber meets the road, I'm not drafting Kyle Pitts in startups because the cost is too high. If I did, I would just trade him. I I really like Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson. I feel like you're still going to have to wait a little bit for Kyle Pitts. And it's that's tough when you're seeing guys like in, I think, 90% of my championships last year, I either had Kelsey or was facing Kelsey. It's just a, such a difference maker, and Kyle Pitts is stuck in that Atlanta offense with, you know, questions at quarterback, questions with the head coach. Um, but I do think that, like, again, I do my rankings by um, trade value, and Kyle Pitts is in a tier by himself because he still holds water. Um, my next guys are Mark Andrews and TJ TJ Hawkinson. Uh, they uh, those those are guys that I, I like to target. Uh, then you have uh, the older guys, um, but they're they're still still good. Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. 
Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey at four, my dynasty rankings is solely because of the, the price. I don't think you can get as much for him as you could for Andrews or Hawkinson right now. And Hawkinson, maybe, maybe you can get more for Kelsey, but um, I think they're close. And Hawkinson's just so much younger. Then I have uh, Dallas Goddard and Evan Ingram in their tier. So my one through seven is Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Dallas Goddard, Evan Ingram. Then I have Darren Waller, uh, Pat Fryermuth, and then I have Dalton Kincaid at number 10. Dalton Kincaid at 10. Wow. Yeah, I, I'll I'll put Kincaid in there with Fryermuth as, you know, the young, young guns. Um, and Darren Waller at number eight. I just – I think he's, he's going to be a – you know, maybe the, the target leader for the New York Giants. Yeah. Tim, go ahead. You want to kick it up? You, we don't have to do all the tight ends. You could just get your big ones out if you want. Yeah, no, I got you. So, yeah, of course, if you know me, what do I do? I want to win now. You know, it's a horrible strategy. Some, but to me, I always invoke the win now strategy. So my top guy is Travis Kelsey for obvious, obvious reasons. Main eventers, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, George Kittle. Kyle Pitts, I, I can't, I know, I get it. For trade value purposes, I get it. But for me, I will never draft that man onto my team. Give me a quarterback. If Lamar went there, maybe. If you give me Desmond Ritter, I no, no, I'm good. I get it. Everything that you said, trade value all day. Kyle Pitts by far and away. But no thank you for me. So I got Kelsey, Hawkinson, Andrews, Kittle. And then I got Pitts just kind of in a class of his own. Dallas Goddard kind of in a class of his own as well. He's like right on the cusp of getting to that main event spot. He's got 1,500 yards total last couple of years. If he can stay completely healthy, he will get to that main event spot. And then my mid-carters, Pat Fryermuth. Evan Ingram, Dalton Schultz. I'm a huge Dalton Schultz guy. I think even in Houston, he will just get peppered with targets down there. Darren Waller, just for like Dave said, he's going to get peppered with targets in New York. All right, call me a homer. It is what it is. If he don't do it this year, he'll never do it. He's got three receivers around him. Cole Komet should have plenty of opportunity to succeed. I like Cole, Cole Komet, David Njoku, Greg Dolchik. And then my NXT, my rookies are always an NXT. Top rookie. Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer, Sam Laporta, Jelani Woods, Trey McBride, and uh, a corner from Tennessee. And that's my top 18-ish tight ends. Nice. I will go real quick then. I'll agree, I'll agree on a couple things, but not all of them. Uh, so tier one for me is Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, and Kyle Pitts. I'm not giving up on Kyle Pitts quite yet, so I'm still going to tear him there, but I am going to put him up, obviously, after Mark Andrews in, TJ Hawkinson. Then I, I get to play. I have to play this one time before we go, so I'm going to play it real quick because my tier two, he's by himself on this one, but if you're in Tim's shoes or um, you have to make sure that you are basically like ready for this. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. And nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a I'm just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. 
So if you're not first, you're last here. Basically, you have to be ready to compete now. You are going in. You want to be first. You're not rebuilding. You're not doing anything. Tier two, Travis Kelsey, obviously, then rounds up that one. Tier three, I have Kittle, Goddard, and Evan Ingram. Uh, obviously, Kittle and Goddard, love them. Evan Ingram, for me, also moves there, so I agree with you on that one. I love the... Uh, I love the use of tight end with Doug Peterson. And I think that offense is actually going to take off, going to take a next step. So love Evan Ingram there. Then I have Darren Waller, uh, my man, Patty French fries and David Njoku round out that one. And then after that, I have Dalton Schultz and Cole Komet and Dawson Knox bunch together. And then after that, I actually have a few rookies. So we're, we're pretty close on that as I try to speed read that. So, yeah. <laughs> now I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's just there's there's like we talked about the quarterbacks. There's a group of tight ends that you could have as your tight end one. You'd be okay, and that that is a shorter list. Like, <laughs> I mean, your tight end ones. Like, you're you're fine with Mark Andrews, T.J. Hawkinson, Travis Kelsey. You're probably not fine as far as like if you're you're looking to compete with Kyle Pitts as your tight end one. But if you have tight end one as Kyle Pitts, you're you know, as far as dynasty assets, you're you're pretty good. Your value's there. Dallas Goddard, Evan Ingram, you could start those guys. And, and Darren Waller, I know the injuries and stuff, but that's probably where it stops for me. I'm okay with those guys. I'm not okay with Farmuth as my number one. And uh, I know they just added Allen Robinson. We'll see if they add another. It was funny because on Monday's show, I told Brad, I said, Steelers are going to draft a receiver. And so, like, Firemuth is going to be the guy that gets hurt because they've always had three receivers. They had Antonio Brown, Deontay Johnson, Martavis Bryant. They had Emmanuel Sanders. Like, they've always had a third receiver, and they don't really have one right now. And I, I, I could see them going after somebody that plays, you know, the big slot, like a Cedric Tillman or a Jonathan Mingo. Well, Allen Robinson's there, and his best time is – for fantasy recently was with the bears as the big slot. He got peppered with targets and did well, moved him outside for LA. Didn't work out. This guy's lost a little bit of a step and he's going to do better if he goes inside. And I think it's a good spot for him. Um, you know, as far as Allen Robinson, you can get him for like nothing right now. And I'm not saying go, go buy him. But I mean, he's literally you're like, Hey Tim, you want a fourth round pick? cool. Give me Allen Robinson. He's like, take him. Like, just take him. Like, I'm so sick of this guy. So, um, <laughs> but I do think that he's going to operate in the same part of the field as Pat Fryermuth. So even if Robinson isn't that productive, I do think he's going to hurt the targets for, um, for Fryermuth a little bit. That I, it's fair. That's definitely fair. I'm not, maybe I'm just rubbed off on Allen Robinson to where I see it is like a non-threat type thing with him at this point. <laughs> Maybe what I've seen, it just like when you, sometimes when you just watch him, like he just doesn't care at times anymore either. Like he's just yeah. out there playing and like, so. Targets it, are earned. Targets <laughs> are earned. Tomlin's yeah. not going to give them, you know, but I mean, and they didn't trade a whole lot for him. They swapped seventh round picks and are only paying $5 million. So they're not doing a whole lot with them. So and the other guy I forgot, I forgot to mention was Greg Dolcic. I got him right there behind um, Kincaid at 11. I got him and him and Komet right there as my top 12. Yeah, that's, man, I, 
the the young tight ends I'm always so nervous with. You got to have patience with tight end. It's just kind of yeah, how even, that position goes. So um, it's usually even not Kincaid. He's my so. my rookie tight end. Uh, even if he goes to, to a like a great spot, like you got to go back like ten years to find three. You know, actually twenty years to find three good rookie tight end seasons, and it's Evan Ingram. You got. Jeremy Shockey and Gronkowski. And that's, well, if you include Kyle Pitts, he had a pretty good rookie season for the standards that we have. So four, that like four. So four in the last 20 years. <laughs> yeah, and I saw that chart where like they peak for them compared to everybody else. It's always like age 26 or something. So for a tight end is when you start seeing the peak. So yeah, yeah. got to have patience when you do that. Look at Cole Komet, four, what is it, fourth year, fifth year, and we're still talking. He's going to come into his own. It's like the Gordon of the Bears. And when he came <laughs> out, by falling away, people were drooling over this man, fawning over him. And now we're like, ooh, they got three wideouts. Maybe he'll come into his own. Mike Giusecki, he was on and off in Miami. I think in New England, he's their number two target. I'm the last guy you're asking here. I know you're asking Dave and Mike, but um, what do you guys think? Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I want to see what they do in the draft, but, you know, Hunter Henry's still there. Are they going to run? You know, they're going to change to a different offense they had last year. What What's going to look like? You know, Juju is a slot. They no longer have Jacoby Myers there. You got Tyquan Thornton as your kind of, you know, to, blow the top off the defense kind of a guy. And then you got the two tight ends, which they run a lot of 12 personnel set, a lot of two two tight ends back there. And so um, Gusecki could be a guy. I have him at like 22. Uh, I mean, I'm not investing in him. Back end. But like, it does sound like like that is the, the like that that would happen is Bill Belichick gets Gusecki and, and he does well. You know, that would happen to the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. I have twenty three, so it's pretty close. Back end tight end two. I you saw what I did with Mac Jones at that point. Kind of, I phased him to a point where I won't have too much of him. Probably with the Mike Gasecki thing's going to be. Uh, Bill O'Brien. I do. I'm, we're not talking about running backs right now, but the Bill O'Brien thing makes me like Ramondre a little more than anything else. I guess on that, but that's it. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, <laughs> you you think about the Bill. Listen, Bill O'Brien is an awful GM. But he was a good offensive coordinator, and, and you know, probably not, probably not a good head coach either because he can't get along with people. But he's a good offensive coordinator. He was good wherever he's played, whether it was Alabama, whether it was with Houston, whether it was with New England. And they had some decent – remember C.J. Federovitz? You had Owen Daniels over there for Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, some throwback names. Lamar Miller was a good running back. And so, like – it, it you know Stevenson if he ends up be, you know being the guy is is wheels up and you know Brad and I talked about it on the show and Brad was like I can't trust New England running backs and I was like why like because he had Stevenson a lot lower than me and I was like why and he's like well like they don't get enough touches and I was like okay what's enough touches for you like twenty five of course is enough but like where's the cutoff and he was like fifteen and I was like okay. Well, Ramondre Stevenson got 17 a game last year between catches and 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 I was, and, and really weighted opportunity targets are worth two and a half times a carry. So if you got 15 touches and you're getting five of those, 
or catches. That's why Ramondre Stevens was a top 10 running back last year on a crappy offense. On a better offense, he could be, you know, he yep. could he'd kill it. I agree with you 100% on that one. Like to hear that too. Makes me feel a little bit better about that one. But yeah, so that was fun, guys. I really do appreciate it, Dave. Good um, call. You were fantastic. I love the stories. I could sit here all night listening to them, to be honest with you, but I know you got to go. So tell the people where you're, where they could get, come and reach you and all your other stuff. So, yeah, you guys, uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. You can get my, my rankings, my articles. Everything we do is free. So it's all out there. Um, I'm really, I, I really try to interact with people on, on Twitter. So if you have any questions or anything, just hit me up at Dynasty Dorks. I'm also on TikTok, uh, and then our podcast is SGPN Fantasy. Um, you can anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can get it. Awesome stuff, Tim. Where can they find? They know where to find you. Well, where can they find you? Tell them. Yeah, you know where to find me right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network, of course, and at the Tim King Show on all social media. Coming at me, it's so the Tim King Show streets. Thanks for having me, Dave. This was. A pleasure, man. Really nice talking to you, my brother. Thank you for taking the time, dude. Oh, that was absolutely, awesome. man. I appreciate you guys inviting me, and this has been a blast. I appreciate it. You can find me at Streetsathon on Twitter. You can find us here at the Bloodline Entertainment Network. I will see you Monday night. We're going to talk some fantasy baseball at that point. Recap this week, preview next week as we dive back into fantasy baseball. And if you haven't, if you are watching right now and you have not, subscribe to the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Click the link below. Yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys for joining. Ooh. Awkward silence as I, as I, my Man, mouse got I, stuck as I was trying to do that. Yeah, literally, I was like, uh oh, the mouse is not working right now. But all right, I will see you guys. This time I'm serious. I, I was just joking last time. This time I'm serious. I'll catch you guys next time. I've got something for you.